Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we, as we open his word this morning. Father, we uh, again uh, reiterate we are grateful for our children. We are uh, grateful for the way in which they have shared this message of your love with us this morning. And uh, we pray that, that we can hear those words, that we too respond with praise to your salvation that you give us. Uh, we respond with adoration for your goodness. I pray this in your name. Amen. Um, do we have any Theo chocolate fans in the house? Yes. Okay. Theo, how many of you have never heard of Theo chocolate? Any? Okay, good. I'm about to change your world. Um, Theo chocolate um, is, is a local chocolate company. They, their, um, their factory is down in the Fremont area. If you haven't been there, it's, I think it, I think it's been a few years since we took the tour, but I think it's like six dollars for a tour, and they give you chocolate at the end of it. So, it's it's worth your time. Um, but it's it's pretty amazing. It feels kind of like going and stepping onto a Mr. Rogers set, where you know they take you into the factory and they walk you through how something is made. Uh, it feels like that again. And so they take you through this whole process of at at the factory in Fremont. They go from chocolate chocolate beans all the way to to edible chocolate. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating. And they kind of walk you through how all of this happens and you get to see the chocolate being made and then you get to taste it at the end of it. Um, and and through, even through the process, they let you taste, at least they used to, I, again, it's been years, but they let you taste um, sort of how it's being developed. And so you're, you get to taste a, a chocolate bean before it's really been, and it's not that good. Um, uh, but then before they, before they add anything to it, they let you taste it again and they let you taste it um, throughout the process. So you're getting, you're seeing how it turns from something that grows on a tree to something that you taste and enjoy. Um, so I encourage you, if you haven't taken the tour, go take the tour. Um, you, sh- you can buy Theo chocolate just about anywhere in the Seattle area now. So um, there you go. But I say that because of this. Um, on the tour... One of the things that they have, they had us do is they gave us different samples of, of pure chocolate before it's, before it's been mixed down and diluted with turned into milk chocolate or other things that kind of, most of the chocolate that, I mean, if you're a fan of dark chocolate, you know, they have like the 85%, the 60%, you know, you get these different percentages of pure chocolate. Um, they, they have you taste this diff, pure chocolate from different regions where they, where they get their chocolate beans. And what is fascinating about it is, uh, depending on where the, the chocolate has been grown, it, before anything has been added to it, it already tastes different from one to another. Which, in my mind, doesn't, I guess it makes sense now that I think about it, but originally I just thought, well, chocolate, it just tastes like chocolate, right? Like, that's just what it is. But, um, based on where the chocolate is grown, it's going to come with a different flavor. This is true for coffee too, right? Why some regions of the world have better coffee than others? Uh, because it, it depends on where it's grown. Why, why does it matter where these things are grown that, that it is going to give it different flavor? 
different soil. Yeah. And I, I'm, climate and other things have to do with it as well. But, but the different soil that the, the chocolate is planted in, that the gr- tree grows in, is going to, is going to give nat- new flavors to, to the chocolate. And so it's going to taste different. It's going to, based on, on where you find it. Um, and this is what we want to talk about this morning for just a few minutes of what does it mean to have our roots planted in soil? And what kind of flavor are we getting from the soil our roots are planted in? So Ephesians chapter 4, verses, or Ephesians chapter 3, sorry, verses 14 through 21. We're coming to a transition point in our, in our study of Ephesians. This is the end of chapter 3, and this is really sort of the, Paul's, Paul's letter is, is about to shift direction here. And so he, as he often does in his letters, he transitions with a prayer for the Ephesians. And he says this, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in, in, in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Uh, he begins, for this reason, which should cause us to ask, for what reason? Uh, he's, and and he's, he's summing up, Everything that he said before, if you, if you go back to the beginning of chapter 3, you, you see him say this again. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles. And then my translation puts a hyphen there. Does your, your translations have that? Uh, what happened, most people think of what happened is Paul uh, began to write out what we just read in, in verses 14 and onwards. And then he got excited about something that he, he hadn't quite said yet and so he and he stops mid-sentence he doesn't have an eraser or delete button so he just stops mid-sentence and goes in and expands even more what he's been talking about and then and then comes back and and so he says for this reason so again for for what reason uh this is this is what we've been studying for the for the past couple weeks for for the reasons of what we've been talking about the past few weeks in in chapter two of ephesians especially so, for what reason? Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. So, so for, for what reason is Paul praying? Because we are saved by grace. Because we are saved by the grace of God and His goodness I kneel before the Father because of this. Uh, why else? He, in, in verses 11 through 22, Paul lays out this, this long uh, passage on how those who were far away, 
Those, those Gentiles who, who were unable to find access to God other than through the nation of Israel, you who were far away have been brought near. So for this reason, that you who, who once were separated from God, who had, had no access to Him, have now been brought near. That, that Christ came and preached peace to you who are far away, to you who are near, reconciling all people to Himself. For this reason... I kneel before the Father. That, that, but not just that God is reconciling all people to Himself, but that He's doing it uh, by breaking down not just the divisions between us and God and the salvation that we have from our sins, but He's breaking down the barriers between us and one another. And so those things which divided us, the Jew and Gentile, uh, are no longer barriers any, anymore. That for this reason, that, that we are now one people, in, in Christ, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. Uh, that we have, we have open access. We've been brought near to God. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. And he says in verse 15, From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And Paul gives us a little bit of a play on words here that we don't necessarily catch in the English. But the, uh, I kneel before the Father is, is the word pater. Uh, and then he says, from whom every family is the word patria. Uh, and so he, he kind of has this little play on words of pater and patria. And if you, if you think about that word patria where, that's translated in my translation as family, you maybe hear the idea of, uh, of uh, patriot, of, of patriotic. It's, it's this idea of of not just a family, but of a, of a nation, of a people. Because if you, if you think back to the Old Testament, the, the nations that, that you see developed throughout the Old Testament start from families. And so the nation of Israel comes from the family of, of a man named Israel. And the different nations are, are, are relatives. They're, they're people who had interacted, and as their, as their descendants grow, they grow into nations. And so this idea of, of patria, of, of family, is not just individual families, but it's who every, every nation, every people group, every, every different kind of group that forms an identity finds its, gets its name from, from the one Father, God. Uh, which which is, is very profound for Paul to be saying this, because again, uh, thinking back on the stuff we've talked about a, a few weeks ago, uh, it used to be that the one family that got its name from the father was the family of Israel. And all these other families that had no association, uh, they didn't, they, they didn't, they, God wasn't their father. They had no relationship to God. And so God, what Paul is telling us here is that, that all families, all people, even those people who wouldn't call God Father, God is still their Father. God is still giving them identity and still has been working in their lives as well. And so he says, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family, even those who don't know it, derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of... Uh, spiritual sounding language in in this verse in this prayer and it and we don't have time to to get into and sort of unpack what what this what Paul is saying with with all of this it's it's very easy at least for me it's very easy to sort of get lost in what he's saying and say this sounds really nice without actually thinking about what is it that he's actually saying it just sounds it sounds very sounds very good good you know full language and um so I, I would encourage you to, to take time to read through this verse on your own and to, and to think about what, what is Paul actually praying for these people. Um, we don't have time to break down all of these things, but I just want to break down this, this idea. Uh, be halfway through verse 17. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Uh, we talked about the roots. And that the way, the thing that the, that the chocolate is planted into takes on the flavor of that soil. And what Paul is, is describing for these Ephesians and what he's describing for us in this prayer is that we may have roots that are firmly grounded in the love of Christ. That we, that we are so immersed in God's love for us, that we, that we comprehend and grasp, uh, the, word, the word here is, um, is the idea of seizing that love. It's not just not just grasping how wide, but seizing it, holding fast to it, and that we that we comprehend what God's love is for us so much that we are firmly rooted in that love, and that love that He's talking about again goes back to what He's been talking about in chapters one and two and three already. That that it's it's a love that exists before we have done anything on God's behalf. It's a love that exists that, that, is, that is overwhelming, that no matter what we do, no matter, no matter our failings, it's a love that is there for us. That it's a, it's a love that accepts us as we are. And, and that not only unites us with God, but it's a love that unites us with one another. And Paul's prayer is that we so much understand God's love, not just for us, but for those around us, that it just becomes a part of who we are, that we are so immersed in that soil of God's love, that, that as we begin to live our lives bearing fruit, that love, that, that the fruit that we bear comes from that soil and begins to taste like that soil. That, that the thing that we are rooted in is God's love for us. That, it, that we are not rooted in our own efforts to be good enough. That we are not rooted in 
our own desire to see others uh, succeed, or our own desire to see ourselves succeed, that, that we don't find foundation in all of these other places, all of these other things which, which can shape and form us, but that we find our foundation and our roots in the love that God has for us and for his world. And Paul's prayer is that they will be so rooted and established in this love that they can somehow begin to soak it in, somehow begin to absorb the, the width and the length and the height and the depth, the, the expansiveness of this love, that we are so rooted that we begin to just uh, grasp hold of the limitless love that God has for us, that we may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. And what he's praying, and, and as we, I don't want to get ahead of, of where we're going to go in chapters 4 and 5 and 6, but, but what he begins to do as he, as he transitions this letter, is he begins to say, okay, now that you understand the love that God has for you, that we've been talking about in chapters 1, 2, and 3. Now that we understand that God is reconciling, how are you showing that love to your world? How are you showing that love within your church? You have been brought together united. Positionally before God, you as a church are one. Jews and Gentiles, all the things that divide us don't exist. Now, my prayer is that you experience that love among yourselves. That you experience God's love for you so much that, that you actually see one another in your unity. That you actually exist with one another in unity. That you actually carry this love into your relationships. And this, and this is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. That they may be so rooted in God's love, so rooted in that soil, they begin to taste like the love of God. The limitless love of God begins to overflow into their lives. And that's Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. I think that's his prayer for us. And I, and I hope that that is your prayer for us as a church. Um, but but for the church, for the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we are first and foremost just grateful for the way in which we have been brought near, the way in which you have brought peace into our lives, that we can be reconciled to you. God, we, we pray that if there is anyone here who has not received that grace, who has not accepted and said yes to that forgiveness, we pray that they do so this morning. And God, it's our prayer that we, as, as Paul prayed, may be so rooted and established in your love that we may begin to grasp its infinity and that that may overflow into our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen. I believe our kids, uh, you guys, uh, can be dismissed first. um, And we would like to greet you on your way out. So go ahead and leave. Um, Kids will be in the back. And and I encourage you to stop by and and, 
uh, tell them how much you enjoyed what they had to say and how blessed you were by their ministry. Um, and now, uh, may, may you be rooted and established in love. May you know, may you know that love, uh, the height, the depth, the width of that love. May you be filled with it, and may you know the grace and peace of our God this week.